Well, I'm, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be up here this morning, and uh, uh, some of you might quickly notice that Pastor Ed and, and I wore the same outfit today. I did call him and ask him what he was wearing, because he is my hero, but uh, so he, he's back today. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of times, too, that I've been uh, uh, back in the kids' ministry. A, a lot of people think that we're brothers. I don't know why. I mean, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's the glasses. Maybe I don't know. Maybe, I forgive it. But anyway, um, but I've actually had some people to walk through back in the kids' area back there. I'm standing back there, and I'm thinking, does the pastor run to the kids' area after church? But they'll walk by me, and guests will say, "Uh, that was a good sermon. And I just say, thanks. You know, I don't, you know. So anyway, uh, I'm so happy today again to be here. And today, uh, sermons from the heart. I just want you to know right quickly before I start this sermon, my heart's about 150 feet that way. That's the kid ministry, by the way. That's where the kid ministry is. But uh, I just want to share with you today, uh, I, I really loved it when Pastor Ed said, all the pastors here are going to get an opportunity to preach today, and I want you to preach what's on your heart. What is your heart? And so today, you're going to hear, hear my heart today. Uh, well, I was born in Lakeland, Florida, not far from here, and my parents came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior when I was just a small boy, about two years old, and, and they began attending Calvary Baptist Church of Lakeland and became very active in, in ministry. My parents did from the very beginning, and my dad, he was very heavily involved in kid ministry. Imagine that, right? And uh, so when I was nine years old, though, I began realizing that my parents' salvation had nothing to do with mine, that my salvation was totally different from my parents. It had to be a personal thing. So as a third grade boy, I sat in an auditorium about this size in the back. My parents always sat on the back. I had little brothers. You know what they do. But anyway, uh, I was sitting back there, and I I realized that that I needed a Savior. And so I got up in, in a big church like this, and I, and I walked down the aisle, met one of the other pastors down front, and I prayed to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior as a nine-year-old boy. Well, I got very involved as a teenager. I grew in the Lord, continued going to church every Sunday. My parents were Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and I encourage you parents that are sitting out here today, keep your kids in church. That's the most important thing. It's more important than baseball. But anyway, uh, so I, we were very involved. So it was, I, And when I was in student ministry, um, in 1973, actually, so 37 years ago this month, we had a missionary conference. No, that's 47 years ago. I got that wrong. 47. I didn't know I was that old. Anyway, 47 years ago, we had a missionary conference at, at our church. And during that missionary conference, God had been working on my heart. Well, during that missionary conference, I felt the call of ministry on my life. I walked forward in that missionary conference. I came down. I met one of the pastors down the front, and and I told him that God was calling me to full-time ministry. Well, at that time, I thought that, well, it's a missionary conference. I must be going to be a foreign missionary. Well, I graduated from high school. I left for, uh, to begin studying and preparing for ministry. I went to Tennessee Temple University in Chattanooga, Tennessee, 1976. And uh, I began preparing for missions. And I hated it all the way. <laughs> I did. I'm just going to be honest with you. I was sitting there one day in a chapel service. And they had chapel services every day. And one of the speakers, an outside speaker, came in and he spoke and he said this in this chapel service that day. He said that when, when God calls you to do something, 
When he calls you to do something, he said, you can't do anything else but that. Your heart longs for that. Well, I knew right then that foreign missions wasn't where God was calling me. God was calling me to children and students ministry. So I changed my, I changed my whole path, changed everything, and I, and I so kind of lost my first year of college up there in ministry uh, because uh, all the courses were different. So it took me a little bit longer to get my education and get ready for ministry. And, uh, but during my second year of college in ministry uh, call, I had a professor in one of my classes by the name of Tommy Troxell. Well, Tommy Troxell looked like a couple of you guys I could see out there today. You can't see very far. He had a bald head, uh, some wire rim glasses. And one of, the, one of the things that I remember about Tommy Troxell is that, that when I walked in his classroom every, day, every other day, uh, he always had a big smile on his face. So you can see every tooth in his head. He was always happy. He always greeted you when you walked in the class with a big smile. And, and he would talk to you. And I'd walk over to him. He was one of those kind, I don't know if you talk to people like this, but he was one of those kind that when you talk to him, you even got little chill bumps on the back of your neck. It's kind of crazy. It, but, but anyway, it, the, the guy just resonated Jesus all over him. I mean, he was, his life was just so, uh, I mean, it, it, you could see that he was so in touch with God. So one of, for one of the very first time, I, I came in touch with somebody, Tommy Troxel, who just resonated Jesus. And he carried, he, he walk, his walk was all about Jesus. And I was impressed with that. I was like, wow, that was so impressive. There's something different about this guy. And he often told us in class, often, he said that, listen, men and women, he said, you need to let your light shine for Jesus Christ every day so that others may see Jesus. We've got to shine for Jesus. Well, that began to resonate with me as a 20-year-old boy. And, uh, you know, I wanted to make an impression on the world at that time. And so I, that resonated in my heart. Well, at that time also, I was working at a Sears Furniture Distribution Center in Chattanooga. And it was a big, big warehouse. And one of my jobs was I drove a forklift, you know, moved furniture around and so forth, different machines. Well, there were a lot of people in this warehouse, but there was only a couple of us Bible students that was there. And, uh, I, you know, so, but one of the things that I remember Mr. Troxell saying is, is just let your light shine for Jesus. So I'd walk in every day and I'd smile just like he did. I tried to show my teeth, you know, and all that kind of stuff and say good morning and really wanted to do that. But there were these two guys in this warehouse they seem to kind of rule the roost there. You know, I don't know, in every business, it seems like there's this, you know, strong dudes. Well, these, there was these two guys, and every day I'd walk in, and I'd do the same thing. I'd walk past these two guys trying to be just, you know, filled with the Spirit and the Lord, and I'd walk past them, and I'd say, good morning, how are you? And every day, these two guys would look at me, and, and they wouldn't say a word. They'd just look at me. And then they'd walk away, and they would be whispering like this, and shaking their head, and you could see them laughing and giggling, and I was like, okay, all right. I tried not to let it shake me, but I kind of cared what people thought, you know. But at one day after I had been working there for a year, I've been working there for a year, the same thing every day. I didn't change anything. I'd walk in 6 a.m. at this warehouse. I walked in, and, and I, I noticed that one of the guys was standing by himself, kind of off to the side. And uh, I walked in, his name was Jerry. I walked past him and I said, good morning, Jerry. How are you? And normally 
he would just turn around and walk away and wouldn't say a word. But this time he said, can I talk to you? Well, I didn't know what was getting ready to happen. I, he, he said, can we go back here to the furniture uh, repair room? It was in the back of the warehouse. I'm thinking, man, I'm getting ready to get mugged or something. I don't know. I mean, it's, it had been bad up until now. I mean, this guy's never spoken to me before. So <clears throat> I got back into this room. I'm, I'm, I was really, I'm going to be honest with you. I walked in this room. It's a pretty big room. And I like looked around, you know, made sure nobody was hiding behind something. I didn't know if I was going to, you know, what was going to happen. But he looked at me and he said, he said, you're always happy. He said, you don't seem to let anything bother you. And, you, and when we, we haven't treated you well, we talk about you. We, you know, we, you, we shake our heads and laugh at you. He said, you just keep saying, good morning, how are you, and smiling. Why do you do that? Well, that day, in that furniture distribution center and that furniture repair room, I walked over to Jerry and I said, can I tell you why? We sat down on a couch in there and I said, Jerry... I said, I have Jesus Christ in my heart. And that day I shared Jesus Christ with Jerry on that couch in that big warehouse in that furniture distribution center. And Jerry prayed to receive Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. I went home that day and I looked up that scripture that Tommy Troxell kept sharing with us all the time. He said that the let your light shine for Jesus let your light shine for Jesus. Mr. Troxell used to say it all the time, <clears throat> but it wasn't words for him. It wasn't words. That day, that, those, those words, that verse came to life for me. And I said, from this day forward, this day forward, my life's verse is going to be Matthew 5, 16. I'm going to do everything I can to be a shining light for Jesus. Now, <clears throat> I know some of you, you you might have known me for a long time, and you may say that, hey, I've seen you when you weren't real shining. And you know, I'm, you know we all try to do that. But listen, I, I, desire, I determined that day that I was going to do my best to live a life that would shine for Jesus Christ and have the love of God and the joy of Christ down in my heart, and I want to reflect Jesus in everything that I did. Folks, that's my heart today. That's my heart. Let your light shine for Jesus. So I want you to take your word of God, watch it on the screen, take your electronic device, Matthew 5, verses number four through 14 through 16. Look at this verse with me. <clears throat> it says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all that are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Well, no doubt about it, if you are older like me, and when you were a kid in church, maybe you were raised up in the church, you sang this song called, This Little Light of Mine. I'm going to let it shine. Yeah, and did you do your fingers like that too? I, but I, we, we did that. And in, but in verse number 14 and 15, it says that we must not hide our light under a bushel or in just inside of a church building on a Sunday morning, huh? But we must let that light shine daily. And how people see that light in our life? Through our good works. You see, Christians who don't have changed lives have a credibility gap. I'm trying to tell you today that 
how, if my, how great my doctor is, but I'm dying under his care, you might be questioning his skill. Or if I told you how wonderful my auto mechanic is, but you walked out and you saw my black truck out there smoking and you know, spitting and sputtering around the parking lot, you might be a little reluctant to take your car to my mechanic. Well, what good does it do to tell people how great our Savior is if they cannot see that we ourselves have been saved from sin? What good is it? If your life doesn't shine for Jesus, then your testimony is not going to be credible. Let your light shine for Jesus. Years ago, as a matter of fact, 1979 to 1982, I was a student pastor in a church in Hickson, Tennessee. And uh, my pastor preached a sermon one morning, and it resonated with me a whole lot. And as a matter of fact, I can remember it today. This was 40 years ago. And uh, my pastor talked about how that when he was 15 years old, that he went out uh, to sell a product door to door, trying to make some money, you know, like some of the, us, we did when we were younger and we wanted to make some money so we could buy something. But he said that he started selling this product. It was a bodybuilding product and this powder, a big jug, he said. And I, he took it door to door to sell this product. And he'd knock on the doors and he was very bold, you know, and he had no problem talking to people. The problem is, is my pastor was six foot two, 130 pounds. Picture that for a second. So he walks up to this door and he started pitching this product, started telling him how great it's going to, man, this is going to change your life. If you begin taking this product, you are going to bulk up, you're going to build up and in no time flat, man, you're going to look like the Incredible Hulk. I mean, you are going to be great. I mean, you need to buy this product. The man said, can I ask you a question, son? And he said, yes, sir. He said, son, do you use this product? And he says, why, yes, I do. He said, I don't want it. <laughs> why? Because his product was not credible. And if you're telling people that you are a Christ follower, but you go out on social media and you start posting things that is not a reflection of Jesus Christ, and you're on your job using language on Monday through Friday that you don't use on Sundays, and it doesn't portray the character of Christ or if your life looks different on a Monday than it does on a Sunday. Either your light has gone out or it was never lit to start with. The problem with Christians today, most Christians, many Christians, is that we like to talk the talk, but we don't like to walk the walk. That's hard. We put on a beautiful facade to the world. We're, we do everything that we can, but see, on the inside, we live a totally different life, many of us. So I want us to look at this verse again. I'm going to focus on verse number 16. This is my life verse. I want you to look at it, and we're going to just break it down a little bit and talk about it, and I'm going to give you some practical things today. And so it says in verse number 16, watch the screen, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So we need to let our light shine. So how do we let our light shine? How do we do that today? We let our sh the light shine. If our actions reflect the nature of Jesus Christ, his love and his compassion and his forgiveness, that's how we do it. Our, his light shines through our attitudes and our actions and our words. We got to be careful. 
when, Jesus, when people see that our lives have been changed so that we have Jesus' values and they see the power of God at work in us, they will agree that we have a great Savior. We must live our lives in such a way that people take note that we have been with Jesus. We often say that it matters who our kids have as friends. I know some of you are here today and you've got smaller children or teenagers or whatever, and we're very concerned about the friends they choose. I did the same thing. I raised five kids and I was always concerned about who were their friends. Why? Because we become who we spend our time with. And if you want to be like Jesus Christ, if you want to shine your light in a dark world, you have to spend time with Jesus. All light needs a constant power source. All light. Batteries need to be changed in a light, a flashlight. Oil needs to be added in a lantern to keep bright. Logs need to be added on a fireplace for it to get brighter. And we need to stay plugged into the source of our light as he is the light of the world. And we must stay in God's word and prayer for our light to shine for Jesus Christ brightly then people will begin to see that you have been with God. In the same way, though, sin can dull our light for Jesus Christ. Maybe once your light was shining brightly for Jesus Christ, but you allowed sin to come in your life. You allowed something to come in and dull that light. Once our lives sparkled for Jesus Christ, has become clouded with some things of this world that has pulled you down. Maybe it's time for you and I to stop and we think about it for a moment and reveal some sins that we're ignoring in our life. We know it's sin. If there's a sin that you repeatedly struggle with over and over and over, write it down, pray over it continually. Look at, look at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You see, every one of us have some type of sin. I've, I've had people come to me before and say, Pastor Doyle, I'm, I'm dealing with this issue in my life. And I'll look at them and i think, really? I mean, I don't. That doesn't bother me. But listen, everybody deals with something different. And, and Satan will try to find out, try to do anything he can to keep that your light dull for Jesus Christ. He doesn't want you to shine for Jesus. Well, today I want to give you five practical ways that you can let your light shine for Jesus. Now, I, I went back and I, I, I thought about Tommy Troxel and I started thinking about what was it different about Tommy? What, what, what did he do? How, why did I think that his light shone, shone so bright? And I started thinking about some of the things, his character traits, and I'm going to share five things with you. Now, there's probably 20, but I'm going to share quickly five things. Write those down or follow them today. The first thing I want to share with you today is that we need to reflect Jesus in all that we do, in all that we do. In 1989, there was a student pastor up in Michigan that came up with a famous saying that we still use today. As a matter of fact, I saw somebody posted on social media uh, like a week or so ago, and I thought about this because I already had this message ready to go. But, uh, I, but I used this so many times. It was, what would Jesus do? Remember that? 
And I remember so many times, I have five kids, so I, <laughs> kids would come to me and they'd say, Daddy, what, what should I do about this situation? How should I handle this situation? What should I do? How do I do, how do, I do this? And the quick thing you could say back then was, what would Jesus do? That was a good quick one. You didn't have to think about that one. But that's truth. Truth, what would Jesus do? 1 John chapter 2 and verse 6, look at this. It says, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Do you say that you live in God? The Bible says that you should live your lives as Jesus did. Do you reflect Jesus in your attitudes or your words and your compassion for others? Recently, I saw a photo of a friend of mine's father at a very young age. I, I saw this photo and immediately I thought it was my friend. I looked down and I said, wow, okay, that, how old were you there? And he said, that wasn't me. That's my dad. And I, I mean, I was immediately taken back. There was so much resemblance. So often we have some kids that walk through the back door of our kids' ministry, and maybe we see them for the first time or whatever, and they walk through the door and we look at them, we look at the parent, we look down at the kid, and we're like, wow, wow, man, what a resemblance. Man, if your reflection are you a reflection of Jesus Christ? Do you look like him? When people look at you, do they say, wow, what a resemblance. What a resemblance to the Savior. Second thing that we must do in order to shine for Jesus Christ is we must stay in God's word. We must stay in God's word. I want you to look at a passage, a verse of scripture in Exodus uh, Exodus 34, verse 29, it says this, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. And when Moses came off that mountain, he was glowing because he had been in the presence of the living God. And if you want to shine for Jesus, if you want that shine on your face, we're going to have to spend some time with Jesus, right? It shows in our face when we spent time with him. How can we know his character? How can we know his love? How can we know everything about him if we don't spend time in his word? Is your face shining for Jesus Christ? Is your face shining? Some of our faces today, though, have become very pale, very pale. You know why? Because the word of God hasn't been opened up in a long time. It's time that we open up God's Word and we make it a point to spend some time with God every single day in order for your, your faith and your light to shine for Jesus Christ. We've got to spend time with Him. Number three, we must rejoice in the Lord always. We need a smile on our face and a joy in our heart, and that comes from spending time with Jesus every day, folks. Comes. I'll never forget, when I walked in that class, in Tommy Troxell's class, I walked in, and every day I expected that big, beautiful smile and that joy in his heart. Why? Because I knew Tommy Troxell had spent time with God that day. Look at verse Philippians, or Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. He says this, rejoice in the Lord always. And the apostle Paul said, I'm going to say it again. Again, I say rejoice. Are you rejoicing? Do you have that smile on your face and that joy in your heart because you've been spent time with Jesus Christ? So, so many of us, you see people walking around and, and, and you see them walking and say, yeah, I love Jesus. I'm a, 
Christ follower. You know, <laughs> I don't think it's seen on our face. Number four, I want you to see this. I, we need to think more about others than ourselves. Think more about others than ourselves. Someone that shines for Jesus thinks about others. Jesus had compassion for others. He had, he, it didn't matter. It didn't matter who it was. Jesus had dinner with publicans and sinners. He healed sick. He, he had compassion on the poor. It didn't matter who they were. We shine for Jesus when we have a selfless heart. We don't care about ourselves. We care about more about others than we do ourselves. And we shine for Jesus when we love and we care for others more than we do ourselves. I sensed that when, when I walked in the door with Tommy Troxell. He was always concerned about how my life was going, how I was doing. We live in a selfish world today, though. 1 John 4, 8 says this. I'm going to read it slow. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Wow, that's pretty bold, isn't it? Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. So we must have love and compassion for others. And the fifth thing is this, that we must share the gospel and the good news. Listen, it's not hard for grandparents to talk about their grandkids. I was sitting in the office this week, this week and uh, Ricky Clark uh, works here with me, and he began talking about his grandkids, telling me all about them and how wonderful they are and how beautiful they are and how smart they are and showing me pictures and going through, you know, and, and, uh, and, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Listen, we all think that our grandkids are the smartest ones, right? We all think that they're the most beautiful, right? I mean, that's the way it is. But listen, folks, when we talk about our Savior and that is the conversation that is on our lips. We be, people begin to recognize that our talk is legitimate, that he is real, and that he is relevant in our lives. Listen, if the only time Jesus or God ever comes out of our lips is only on Sunday morning when you're talking about it here, or it comes out in the wrong way during the week, your talk's not going to be relevant. Is Jesus a part of your conversations? Look back at verse number 16. Look at it again. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven, that they may see your good works. Look at verse, I want you to look at Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. I thought this is a great scripture. It says this, it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, now they were standing before a council, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I want you to notice that they were ordinary men and unschooled. You know, a lot of times when I was growing up, you think of Peter and John. Oh, they were, boy, they were really special. They must have been, God must have looked and said, boy, they've made straight A's in school. They're, they're, you know, they're just incredible. No, the Bible says that they were unschooled, ordinary men. But you know what the difference is? Is those men loved Jesus and they shared Jesus. It was on their lips. And they took note that they had been with Jesus. Our works that we do, we say, hey, you know, I thought salvation wasn't about works. It's not. 
It's not about works. It's about our relationship with Jesus Christ. But you see, uh, folks, if we don't if we don't serve Jesus, if we don't serve Jesus in some way and reach out and let others see what's going on in our life and that Jesus is relevant in our lives, they will never know. I've heard some people say, yeah, but my relationship is with me and God. It's, just, it's between the two of us. It is. But if we're to bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ, our works that we do for him must be seen, must be seen. We need to live in such a way that others take note that you have been with the Savior. I want you to look at that verse one more time. Look back at it again. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Listen, Pastor Ed says it often to us. The reason why we are here is to bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ. That is our purpose. That is our purpose here on this earth is to bring honor and glory to him. So all praise and honor and glory belong to the heavenly Father because he is worthy and he is the light of the world. And many times, you know, I've walked back in, in our kids' area and, and I've noticed there's some, there might be a, a child that's just exceptional. You know, I'm sure many of you think yours are exceptional. Nobody ever said that about mine. But anyway, um, that, but it's well-behaved, well-respected, very caring. I'm lying about that. I might have one more. Watching right now, but anyway, but they, and, and you know, and, and all of a sudden we said, "Man, we think in our mind, what a what a great job those parents are doing! Wow, good job on that." Well, the same a situation applies here in our Christian walk and in our life. The same thing happens here when we shine for Jesus Christ. People should say, "What a great God He has! What a great God!" So I have a question for you today. Is your light shining brightly for Jesus Christ? Or has your light become dull? Maybe it's because of some sin in your life and you need to just go to God right now and say, God, forgive me of that. I'm really struggling in this, this area of my life. I'm struggling with this. God, would you please take this away? I want to be a shining light for Jesus Christ again. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here, is to bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ. What are you going to do today? What are you going to do? Are you going to be a shining light for Jesus Christ? Are we going to give all of the honor and glory and praise to Him? Maybe you aren't shining today because maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He's... And maybe today is your day of salvation. Maybe today you said, man, I don't have Jesus in my life, but I need to do that today. You'll have an opportunity to do that. We'll have a prayer team in the back in just a few moments. Do what God wants you to do. The crosses are available on each side. God's, if God spoke to you, do what you got to do today. Do what you got to do. But I'm, my prayer is for each one of you here today, is to walk out of this building different than you walked in today. That you will begin today to shine for Jesus Christ. 
Let me pray with you. God, thank you today. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you'll touch every heart and every life today. Lord, help us to become a shining light for Jesus Christ. And all that we do, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.